All right, so thank you very much for hitting the play button and listening to this very first episode of Who Let the Dogs Out, a place where I speak with incredible people from the pet industry. I'm the host of this show. My name is Ricardo Macedo, and I'm co-founder and CEO of Barkin. For those who don't know what Barkin is all about, Barkin is a subscription for dogs. We craft personalized plans of food plus unlimited telemedicine support. So for this very first episode of our show, I had to invite one of the most incredible human beings working in the pet industry. I'm sure you were thrilled with his energy and love for today's subject, pets and people. Chris Watling, welcome to our show. Ah, oh, thank you. My two favorite things. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. So Chris, you're the co-founder of The Animal People, a recruitment company for business that supply the pet animal health and veterinary industry. How did you get here? Yeah, good question, because it's not like an easy answer, to be honest. And I don't know whether you want the real version or not, but I've done a lot of things in my life and in my career that have led me to where I am. And to be honest, I wouldn't change any of it. I've had like, I don't know how far back you want to go, but when I was younger at school, I was fairly academic. And I think if I could have a different kind of upbringing and time at school, I was really quite badly bullied, which meant that I couldn't really focus on my academics. I think if I had my time again and be the person at school that I was now, I probably would be a vet. I've always loved animals and I was the the kid that was playing with toy animals or um, always wanted to be around them. So yeah, if I had my time again, I think that would be a path that I would go down. But there we go. Life isn't always easy. Um, and I've done a lot of different roles while I was growing up and really trying to find myself and who I was and what I wanted to do. Um, and I've worked and lived around, I've um, traveled around Europe, I've lived in London, I've done roles within hospitality, I've done roles um, in field sales, I've done customer service roles, I've done administrative roles, I've worked in loads of different things. Um, and I kind of fell into recruitment 10 years ago. And I people kept telling me like, oh, you should work in recruitment, you'd be great at it, you're such a people person. And I was always really put off because I heard that recruitment could have a pretty fearsome reputation. Like um, to work in recruitment, you had to be really thick-skinned and it was all about high targets and placing candidates and working really long hours. Um, and that was not something that I was really attracted to, like working all hours under the sun and just all be about hitting targets and not about people. So I kind of didn't go into it, but then I did. And I've been working in recruitment for 10 years. Um, yeah, and I've done a variety of different roles. I have built desks from scratch for high street agencies, where it'd be high volume, temporary um recruitment i've also done permanent recruitment and retained recruitment working on projects um and then recently that all led me to start my own recruitment company so that's a real snapshot quick whistle top door to where i am now but um yeah i've done a lot when it comes to recruitment experienced a few different things Here's the thing. When I first got in touch with you, my first thought was, why do we need a recruitment company specialized in the pet industry? Because you are not just focused on specific roles like pet food nutritionist or vets. You help to recruit any position. I think it's really important for candidates and clients to know that there is a consultant and a company there that is uh, that cares and that really has an invested in interest into what the uh, organization is doing so 
that's why I wanted to have a company that was solely um, there for animal-related industries, specifically the pet animal health and veterinary industry. Um, because we understand your customers. We understand the types of people that work best within these organizations. We called it the animal people because I really do believe to work in an organization that is all about animals, you have to be an animal person. I think there's no good, what, what's the use of working within a company that's there to best the lives of animals and you just don't like them or not bothered. Um, so I think it's really important that there's a place for our clients to go to where we really understand who animal people are. From my personal experience in the recruitment process, when you ask why people would love to join Barkin, the most common answer is because they want to be in a place where work and their passions are hand in hand. So I really believe this is a key factor for retention and happiness at work. Yeah, I think it's really important to also point out that just because you love animals doesn't mean that you're going to love working in a certain role within a company. So it's also important that, you know, you have a role within that business, whether it be a, an administrator or a salesperson or a marketing person or a finance person. But I think it's really important to have, like you say, that anchor and that personal interest that's going to keep you in the company long term if you really are believing in the company's values and vision, which is to better the lives of animals, then yeah, who wouldn't want to stay in a company that's doing that if you're an animal lover? Yeah, I do agree. When a candidate is applying for a position in a pet company, he needs to understand that the core skills for the specific role are the fundamentals and being a pet lover is a brownie point. I'm not saying is not important or it does not make a difference because it is important and it does make the difference. I know by heart pet lovers or in the case of barking dog lovers, stay longer and happier. But the point is, how do you enhance that in your recruitment process and why do you believe you do things differently? Moreover, how do you fight the stigma around uh, recruiters and the recruitment process? You know, like any industry, no matter what job you do, there are always people that do it really well and people that don't do it so well, no matter what it is. But for some reason, recruitment really does, does seem to have um, a stigma around it because there's a lot of people that are in recruitment um, that I would say don't do so much of a good job. There's a lot of people that end up in recruitment when they don't really know what it is that they want to do. And I think there's a lot of companies out there that are really highly pressuring people in these roles to just focus on the numbers and how much money they're delivering on um, the roles that they're closing. Whereas that has never been my motivation at all. What I've really enjoyed about the job is it's so varied and you, if you strip it all back, you really are creating opportunities for people to better their lives and to do things that they love. And that's what's always driven me. You know, when I get a role in um, for a company that I really wanted to work with, and I, I see that as an opportunity for a person, I get excited and motivated because I think, oh my God, this is a great job for someone. I can get someone brilliant in that client that's going to love it there and my client's going to love them. I don't think about the, you know, the fee. And I think that's where people go really wrong. They just think about the fee and what's going to come. Whereas I really care about having long lasting relationships with people um, and have that feedback from clients and candidates about how much, you know, um, I've changed their life or how well that person's been doing. And to do that, you really have to um, treat people how you want to be treated. You have to put yourself in that person's um, seat or on, on that side of that candidate or that client, think about the service that you would want to receive 
and really make people feel comfortable enough to be their authentic self. And I think that people, when they are approached by a hiring manager for a company or from a recruitment company, they really feel like they have to put their their interview face on or their interview persona. And a lot of the time, that's not the real person. And I really feel like my background and my hard start at school um, has really enabled me to bring the best out of people and make people feel comfortable enough to be their authentic self. And by doing that, you bring the best person there in the interview. So I think that's how you break the stigma in answering your question. It's allowing people to be their authentic self and treating people how you would want to be treated. Um, I'm a really big um, believer. My co-founder said this to me and she's always lived her life and um, ran her company like this. And it's um, a mantra, givers gain. Um, the more you give, good stuff comes back. And I really do believe that. I think the interviewing persona is the big elephant in the room. But if you are actively involved in the recruitment process of your company, you start to spot it when it happens. I mean, it's not candidate's fault, okay? Maybe it is the way we are approaching the person, the questions we make, not giving the proper time to settle, to breathe. Well, what are the tips you will give me to avoid candidates jumping into this persona and being their authentic selves? I guess the processes that we put um, in front of our candidates are very stringent and they take a lot of time. And I guess that's the main thing that I would really want um, people to know that are considering working with a recruiter it takes an awful lot of time to talk to and reach out to people so our processes begin with like most that's an initial phone call um, and you're reaching out to someone no matter how you found them whether it be on online or you found their cv that's been sent to you it's that initial screening phone call and for that i'm looking out for people even how they answer the phone and whether or not they're prepared to answer that call and how they respond to me um, and then we're having an initial conversation, you know, looking at what that person's really looking for and um, assessing whether or not their skills would be right for the role from looking at their CV and having that chat with them and asking those questions that I've really honed that skill over the last 10 years of really doing the job. And it's the little things that not everyone would look out for or want know what to ask. Um, and then getting them to spend time with you on a good video call. I mean, prior to COVID, we were getting people either into the office as well, if they were local, but um, on video calls, but spending that time and really going through their, um, not just their CV and their career history, but it's their life as well. So again, making people feel comfortable enough that they can share that part of their life and why they've made choices within their um their CV to what jobs they've taken and not be judgmental with people. People take jobs to earn money at the end of the day and you you can't afford to ever judge someone by, you know, I hate it when people say to me, oh, they've had many different jobs. Well, have you asked why they've had different jobs? Have you realized that they might have had to move or they've fallen on hard times or they've had a death in the family? I mean, the list goes on and on. So it's allowing that person that you're spending that time with to be really authentic and be honest with you. Um, and after that, we would then obviously um, assess whether or not they would go through to next stage. And we work with clients on a loads of different factors of what we can do with that. We sometimes do first stage interviews for the clients where we would have questions from the client that we would work with them on to put to candidates on a recorded section. Um, so I guess the, in answer to your question in a nutshell, it's about really taking the time to get to know the candidate and asking them the questions that 
enable them to answer them in a really honest and open way. I would tell you something. I hate the CV screening process, and I'm probably not the only one. It is so exhausting and unfair judging and deciding people's future based on their skills to sell themselves in one page. You know what I love? When people approach me on LinkedIn for a position and send me a video presenting themselves, talking about them, their dogs, the connection they have with my company, what they are looking for, and yeah, why they will make the difference. That is just breaks the ice and open the door to explore the opportunity. But even more than that, I remember the last time we were chatting uh, and we talked about how companies can better accommodate people with their organizations. Uh, and it's... Yeah, actually simple. We need to remember we're hiring the, the whole person, not just Michael, the performance specialist, or Christina, the account manager. Hmm. I live by a bit, uh, I live by this mantra, sorry. And I think that you need to understand when you're recruiting someone, whether you've really um, understood what makes them click and whether, sorry, whether you, I need to start that again. You need to understand um, whether you click with a person and you've understood whether or not you know what makes them tick. So there's that thing when you interview someone that you really need to click with someone and you really get on well. But have you really also understood what makes that person tick? And I'm not just talking about um, the role and its responsibilities. I'm talking about what, what makes them tick outside of work. Have you really got to know the whole person? For instance, you might interview someone that wants to work for your company, but they have a yoga class that they teach every Thursday. And it means that they need to leave work half an hour early on that day. Have you seen if you can accommodate that? Because if you have, and you can, I can guarantee if you give that to that person, that they're more likely to be more committed to you in the long term. Um, so it's those little things. Have you really understood what makes a person tick? Um, and if you have, then that, I think that's the key in all of this. It's really understanding whether or not you click with a person if you've understood what makes them tick. So in the end, it's about caring and caring must be present across the whole process because regardless of the outcome, I mean, in the process, some people were left behind because there was someone else with a better fit for the position. If you treat them with respect by being authentic and share honest feedback with a person I'm quite sure they will be advocates of your company and potential customers, let's, let's be honest. Uh, and I think you are a person that really lived this value of caring. So yeah, congratulations, Chris, for all of your work. Thank you. I do try. I think you're so right. That is so, I'm really glad that you brought that up because we're in a, a market at the moment where there are very few candidates um, it really is a candidate's market at the moment. So the process that candidates go through, it's got to be special from the moment they are first contacted, no matter what that means is, whether it be by video technology, which is something that we do, or whether it be by telephone call, it's got to be quality from start to finish, because it really is going to have an impact on whether or not that person's going to take the job and whether they're even going to stay in the job. So the process has to be quality from start to finish. And like you say, you want a candidate to go away with having the best experience with um, your company and the animal people. That's what I want. I want them to become maybe a candidate in the future that I place or a customer of yours long term. 
especially in our industries that I recruit into, they're so small. Um, and the majority of the people I'm speaking to are either animal lovers or own their own pets. So they could in turn turn into your customers or know people that will. Okay, Chris, I have a, one final question for you. Uh, <laughs> if the recruitment process was a formula, how it would be? Oh God, maths has never been my strong point. Only joking. Um, so a great formula. I wish I knew the exact great formula, but I think the the main thing when you're looking to recruit someone is really to be have an open mind. You really need to have an open mind. You should never judge a book by its cover. We've all done it. We've always, all of us have judged people really before thinking. So it's about really having an open mind, really um, thought, how can you pick up the phone and talk to that person that might not be right on paper exactly, but have you given that person the opportunity to um, talk to you? Because they might not be great on paper, but they're absolutely fantastic. They just don't know how to put together the right CV necessarily, or maybe not have put all that information on there. So think the the best advice that I can give to someone is give it is give that time to someone if you can um and then it's about asking really intelligent questions and really asking those questions that are well thought out and relevant to the role and um, but also think about questions that will bring out the person's personality and what they're actually looking for in their life not just the questions that they're going to answer to um tick all the things in the job description. It's about asking questions about that person's life and how they're going to impact that role, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, it's about thinking outside the box with your questioning as well, I would say. Chris, I absolutely love the chat. Thank you for being such a great first guest of this podcast. And the audience, I hope you enjoy the show. We'll come back soon with another awesome guest in the next episode. Stay tuned. Bye-bye. I hope you enjoyed. If you did, please subscribe Who Let the Dogs Out by Ricardo Maciel, streaming in all of your favorite podcast platform. And while you're there, don't forget to give us a five-star review. It will help other pet lovers to find our show. If you want to know more about what I'm doing, please check my website. I am ricardomaciel.com. See you in the next episode.